1: Welcome to College Football Live. Tom Luganville, Sam Acho. I'm Jason Fitz. Gentlemen, the AP Top 25 poll was released earlier today. Let's take a look at how the voters have them stacked up. We'll start them from the bottom, but they're here. Got three group of five teams in the entire rankings, the last three spots of the AP poll. BYU, Houston, Cincy joined Wake Forest and Ole Miss at the bottom five of the rankings. Next up on the list... In their first season under Dan Lanning and with Bo Nix running the offense, Oregon just misses out on the top 10. Oregon's former coach, Mario Cristobal, Now with the Miami Hurricanes, they come in at 16 in the preseason poll. And of course, when you get to the top 10, there's not much surprise in the top three. Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia top the poll. Clemson, Notre Dame round out the top five. Utah becomes the Pac-12's highest ranked preseason team since Washington was sixth in 2016. Further down, Oklahoma comes in at ninth, their lowest preseason ranking since 2015. Of course, they are now in the post Lincoln-Riley era. So rankings mean we get to question them. Lugs. I'll start with you. Did they get the top three right? You know, I think they did. I think they hedged
2: their bets a little bit here. You look at Alabama, you've got the quarterback back. You won in the transfer portal at wide receiver and at running back. You got Jameer Gibbs coming over from Georgia Tech, and they're going to be loaded on defense. And so, I like where, where they've got Alabama slated. I look at Ohio State at number two, guys, and I saw them last year. Whatever their deficiencies might have been on defense, trust me, it wasn't talent. It might have been age. It might have been a lack of experience, but they are going to be vastly improved under Jim Knowles on defense to go along with that offense. And then thirdly, I kind of like where they've got Georgia at three as opposed to two because we haven't seen yet whether or not Georgia can just replace, plug and play, and hit the ground running like we've seen before from Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. I think that's what the voters are waiting to see with Georgia.
0: Yeah, and I think the top three are definitely right. Alabama, in a lot of ways, had a down year last year and still made it to the national <laughs> championship. You got Bryce Young coming. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's that's the crazy part about all of this, right? Bryce Young coming back, Hosma Trophy winner. Will Anderson coming back, the best player in college football. You got Dallas Turner on the other side of Will Anderson, right? Number two, Travion Henderson, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba from the Ohio State Buckeyes. They could be number one, but you can never sleep on Nick Saban. And then Georgia, I still want to see see what they will replace on that defense I think the offense uh, will be I guess there's still a lot to see right Will Stetson Bennett be able to do what he did last year will the defense be as dominant as they were last year I like Georgia at three I think Clemson is a little closer than we're giving them credit for at that three spot but I like the top three so far
1: yeah I'm just saying you might have given some billboard material to that number three defending champion in the meantime who do you have as the most overrated team in
0: this poll I'm going to go with USC at number 14. Last year, they were 4-8, and eight, the lowest win total since 1991. And yes, I understand Caleb Williams is at the helm, and Jordan Addison, the Blinikoff winner, is at receiver. And yes, Lincoln Riley is at their head coach. But at the same time, they have over 40 new players on their team, if you include freshmen and transfers. I talked to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at their Pac-12 media day, and they said there's going to be a lot of new faces. And so I don't think they'll be able to overcome the defensive deficiencies that they had last year overnight. Yes, you have star power at offense, but defensively, there are many, many, many question marks.
2: I could not agree with you more. And since you took them, I went ahead and took Texas A&M. And, I, and I, listen, I know the Aggies are talented. I know that. I know they've got good players and all these got these high-profile recruits. But you know what I also know? They've had two 10-plus win seasons in the last 24 years. And one of those was 1998. And so until I start to really buy in, I got to see some results. Okay, you beat Alabama. But if you're going to get to Atlanta and you're going to play in the SEC West, you can't beat the team that people question whether you could and then lose to teams that you're supposed to beat. So I look at this schedule. You can't lose to Arkansas again. You can't lose to Mississippi State again. You can't lose to Ole Miss. That Miami game September 17th, they've got a quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. We don't quite know what a and quarterback's going to be. So, I think they're a little too heavily ranked right now, considering we haven't seen them actually do it on the field just yet.
1: Thoughts and prayers to both of your mentions on social media. All right, let's <laughs> now look at, instead of over, let's go under. Luz, who do you have as the most underrated team?
2: I think Miami's a bit underrated. And, and you know, listening to Sam talk about USC, I totally agree. If you took USC's roster as a whole, and you took Miami's roster as a whole, I don't even think you can compare the two. I would actually have uh, Miami probably up two to three slots. I would have them over uh, Michigan State for sure. I'd have them over USC for sure. I think they've got a difference maker in Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, they've got a, a young, true freshman, Cyrus Moss. It's going to be a load off the edge. James Williams is a star in the making in the defensive back end. And they finally got a competent offensive line and a run game to go along with that quarterback. So uh, the timing of Mario Cristobal, you inherit a quarterback. It's not like it took over a 3-9 and nine program. I still think they're a little bit undervalued. I'm not going with the Miami is back, t- you know, just yet. But I do think they're, they're a little bit better than where they
0: got them ranked. We'll talk about taking over a, a program that was bad. Baylor in 2020 was two and seven. Dave Aranda took over that team. Two and seven year one goes to 12 and two in year two. They win the Big 12. They beat Oklahoma. Yet for whatever reason, they're behind Oklahoma. I don't get it. Right? Like give Baylor the respect they deserve. They're getting better and better and better. A top 25, really top 30 or so defense. A top half of the league offense. And then Blake Shapin coming in at quarterback, giving this offense a new dynamic pass attack that they didn't have to the extent that they wanted last year and so you have a team that beat oklahoma state in the big 12 championship a team that won the sugar bowl and beat Ole miss i think baylor is underrated i think they're going to win a lot of their games like they did last year and i think they should be higher than 10 at least put them in front of oklahoma the team that they beat last year come on now all right, gentlemen, we've got some passionate
1: fan bases that have worked up. They weren't included in the AP Top 25 poll, but I'm here to be a beacon of light in a dark, dark world. All right, let's remember last year, Michigan. Obviously, they started the season uh, outside, the, uh, outside the AP poll, but they earned their way into the top four and got a spot in the college football playoffs. So, Sam, we're going to use Michigan as the model here. Is there an unranked team that you think has a shot of cracking the top ten-ish by the end of the season?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you added the ish in there, right? I'm going to use Michigan as the model and Michigan as the motivation, and my choice will be Texas, and here's why. So sometimes when you think you're a good team and you're ranked outside of the top 25, it gives you added motivation, number one. But number two, it's the dude you see on your screen. Bijan Robinson, Heisman Trophy candidate, and you've got an offense with Hudson Card, could be your quarterback, or Quinn Ewers, who could be your quarterback. Now, the defense has been a major question mark, right? Hopefully, they'll get better this year with, with, uh, with Gary Patterson from TCU. My questions revolve around the week two Alabama game. You will be able to test your medal against the number one team in the nation, and then later on in the season, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, you play a few more ranked teams. So those are my reasons why Texas could be the team. Obviously there's an injury at receiver Isaiah Nayer. They're transferred from Wyoming. He got injured in the spring game, but if they get everything going like Sark hopes, Texas could crack the top 25, and maybe in the top ten ish. <laughs> I'll tell you, Sam. I can hear your phone ringing, and it's Lance Leipold in
2: Lawrence, Kansas. He's he just waiting to talk to you. Oh no! Uh, right I'm right now. I'm um, not picking up. 57, 56. <laughs> I'm not picking up. You know, with, with the news today notwithstanding, um, if Michigan can do it, I'm, I'm going to go with LSU. I, you know, I ha- they got too many athletes, guys. The entire front seven is back on defense in a line of scrimmage league. Obviously, without Miles Brennan being there, they become thinner. But clearly the competition between Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels is distinctly competitive. And so I I think that with their weapons on the perimeter, they've got two serviceable running backs. I'm I'm interested to see how far along they come in the offensive line. But we know they're going to be extremely well coached. Brian Kelly wins everywhere he is at. And again, it's not as if he just went into a a situation with a dearth of athletes. They've got athletes in Baton Rouge. Can they all get on the same page and ride on the same train?
1: As Tom mentioned, and we should mention, Miles Brennan was entering his sixth year at LSU. Announced today that he'll be stepping away from football. That leaves Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer competing for the Tiger spot, uh, for the starting spot for the Tigers. So we'll see how that plays out. In the meantime, there are some takeaways uh, from this AP poll overall. Alabama has made the title game in each of the previous four instances. They've been preseason number one. It's also LSU's first time starting the season unranked since 2000, the 21 straight years was the third longest streak in football. And for all you conference uh, hype people, the five ACC teams in the rankings ties the conference's most in AP poll history. We'll keep breaking it down, of course, but ESPN's Fantasy Football Marathon kicks on tonight, so we're giving it a college twist on this show. Who do our guys think is college football's QB1? We'll break it down for you next on College Football Live. Hope you got your caffeine ready. Tonight we kick off our 7th annual Fantasy Football Marathon with more than 28 straight hours of coverage on ESPN and ESPN2 The culminates with our Fantasy Football Draft Tuesday at 7 Eastern and simulcast again on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and the ESPN app. All the fantasy insight you need to get ready for your fantasy season. I know I'll take all the help I can get. In the meantime, with the marathon happening, we thought since this is college football live, we'd put a college twist on this. So I'm going to ask you guys to go through the fantasy football process what we're going to do is get your top rated fantasy college player team at the traditional fantasy football spots. so sam you get to go first
0: you won the the drawing backstage and as a result who's your qb1 QB one, I'm trying to win, Luke. So I'm not coming here to lose. I'm choosing C.J. Stroud, quarterback from the Ohio State University. Why? Last year he had 4,400 yards and 44 touchdowns on over a hundred less passing attempts than Bryce Young. Right? Bryce Young had more in those categories. If you'll recall, there are many games where C.J. Stroud sat out the second half or at least the fourth quarter of games. They were blowing teams out. I think Ohio State will play him more and get my stats up.
2: All right, so I, I maybe I need to familiarize myself more with how this thing actually gets graded <laughs> out. But the reason why I went with Bryce Young is because I got to imagine that there's value in the feet, right? There's value in the ability okay. to extend plays, possibly be a designated runner, create points, yards, first downs, third down conversions, all statistical areas that are addressed with, with, with fantasy teams, and do it with his arm and his legs. And I think that's what gave me the slight nod over CJ Stroud. I know what CJ is going to do through the air, but CJ is not going to bring that
1: same element on the ground. All right. Well, this is a snake draft. So in proper fashion, Luke's, you're up now and we get to go running back one. Who you got? I, I couldn't look anywhere else
2: but Braylon Allen, the human freight train in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, when, when, when you look at their offense, like who's going to get more touches? Who's going to have more opportunities in short yardage goal line situations? So he's not only going to rip off a ton of long touchdowns, he's probably, given the nature of the offense and how they want to sustain drives and wear people down, they're probably going to be inside the five-yard line a lot, and guess who's going to get the football? So I went with carries, first downs, third down convergence, short yardage, and overall touchdowns with Braylon Allen of Wisconsin.
0: See your sleep right now, Luz. You're going over the little tiny stats. I need the big stats. I need catches out of the backfield. That's that's the minutia. In fantasy, (laughs) we don't care about minutia. I care about Deuce Vaughn, running back for Kansas State. Once again, here's why. Deuce Vaughn had over 1,400 yards in total last year and 18 touchdowns. But he also catches the ball out of the backfield. Last year, he had seven catches for over 20 plus yards. That's the most by any Big 12 running back last season. And this year, a new twist to their offense. Adrian Martinez, transfer from Nebraska. He'll add this new dynamic to this offense. He's 5'6", Deuce Mark, 5'6", 180 pounds, but he is a beast. He will get me my stats on the ground, in the air, and in the end zone. All right, so now we go to the flex spot. Now, this could be a wide receiver or a tight
1: end. Sam, you're still up, so who do you got here?
0: I'm going Jordan Addison, formerly of Pitt, currently with USC. Obviously, Lincoln Riley, USC, pass-happy offense. He had Kenny Pickett last year. He's going to have Caleb Williams this year. Last year, Jordan Addison had 100 catches, I believe about 1,500 yards. And now he's going to an offense where he's not going to be the only weapon, right? Travis Dye is going to be running the ball. So teams will be off. Balance and so for me Balindikoff award winner last year, number one, number two, a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, and number three, you have a coach who knows how to air that ball out. Give me Jordan Addison all day, every day. I
2: like that pick. I like it a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the Big Ten and go with Jackson Smith and Jigba at Ohio State and I I think it's – there's a variety of things with this guy. He's number one. He's too fast and explosive to cover one-on-one. So, you're going to get the vertical over-the-top plays. They're going to create average yards per pass attempt and a lot of points. But he's also too big to tackle one-on-one. So, he's going to catch the slant route. He's going to make the first guy miss, and he's going to turn the five-yard catch into what you're watching right here, a 60-yard touchdown. He's going to line up in the slot. He's going to line up on the outside. He's going to catch the jet sweep going across. There's so many ways for him to rack up yardage because of how Ryan Day and that Ohio State offense will use him.
1: All right, so let's give a little love now to the defensive side of the ball. Lugues, you're still up on this one, so who do you have for defense or special teams?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with the Clemson Tigers, and I think they got the deepest, uh, most fierce uh, two deep in the front four of any defense in college football, at least heading into the season. And then you take a look at their running back, who's on the verge of maybe breaking out as a premier player in Will Shipley, and he's a top return man, returning as a top performer in the return game. So if he stays healthy and that defense stays intact, I like that combination of kicking game and defense for Clemson. Oh, by the way, the place kickers back
0: to Clemson as well. Okay, I respect that you're talking about kickers and place kickers, which is respectable, (laughs) but I'm going to talk about about the defense that statistically outperformed that dominant Georgia defense last year. I'm going with Wisconsin for my defense and special teams. Yes, because the stats right. They gave up less yards than Georgia, but more importantly they play in the Big Ten. So they ain't going to play these SEC offenses. They ain't playing a lot of the teams. They're playing teams that are <laughs> going to run the rock and that's why I'm going to pick this Wisconsin defense for my defense and special teams. They don't give up a lot of yards. They go against guys like Braylon Allen in practice. so They know how to defend against the run and they'll be able to defend against the pass as well.
1: I don't know if it speaks to your professionalism, guys, or my friends and how degenerate they are, but this was the, the nicest snake draft I've ever seen. So good work by you guys. <laughs> All right, it, 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 was a, uh,
0: it was a distinct level of professionalism. I don't think there's any... question. Who's going to win, though? Who- in this fantasy, I want to know who Like, I, I, I like my squad, Lugs. I like my squad. If it's fantasy, I'm still I'm just going saying. back to, you know who going wins, back to the last segment. Try, I'm trying to figure out who's going to be in the top
2: 10 that's not even ranked right now. That would one,
1: that still pass <laughs> ESPN Fantasy Football always wins. It's the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. I think I still like Achos. All right. When we return on College Football Live, we'll bring our attention back to the preseason AP poll. Is it possible that these rankings could actually be harmful for the sport we'll discuss it next Does the AP preseason poll actually matter? Well, last year's poll was pretty inaccurate. Multiple top five teams from the final rankings were missing from the preseason poll entirely, plus three of the ten teams from the preseason poll finished the year unranked. So, Sam Macho, I'll ask you, do you think preseason rankings are harmful or helpful for college football?
0: Uh, I think they're harmful specifically for players. Remember Nick Saban talking about the rat poison that players uh, can intake. And oftentimes, like I get it. We don't listen to the outside noise. But at the end of the day, if you're a seed man, we're the number one ranked team or the number five or number 12, it, it kind of gives you this false sense of reality that isn't always true. Now, the other angle is if you're on the outside looking in like Michigan was last year or even Texas this year or LSU pick a team, it gives you this new sense of motivation. And so it's harmful, I believe, if you're in the top 25, but it's helpful if you're out.
2: You know, it's interesting because if you look over, you know, let's just say the last two decades and you could take the 2004 Auburn team who I think began the season like 18th or 23rd, they went undefeated but didn't play for the national championship because there was just too much to overcome and you need a break, you need the ball to bounce your way, you need maybe somebody else to lose and help you out. That didn't happen for them, but then you look at Michigan last year and it did happen for them. They find themselves in the college football playoff and so I think a lot of it depends on what happens around you. You have to take care of business, all right, if you're maybe looking outside and uh, in, in inward at the top 25. But then you also might need a little bit of help to ensure that if you do go undefeated or if you are a 11-1, 12-1 team, that you're, you had enough help to get you in the mix come the end of November and early December.
1: I think the other la- layer, gentlemen, is just consciousness and conversation. By having these, we're having conversations about college football yeah. across all of our shows today, which is always important. All right, let's take a look here because if you're into conference battles, six SEC teams made their way into the preseason poll. That's the most of any conference, one more than the ACC, which is the closest conference to them. So, Luke's six SEC teams in the preseason AP Top 25. Will that number be higher, lower, or the same by the end of the season?
2: I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say higher and even if it's just by one because some teams that aren't on that list that everybody from a preseason perspective seems to be really high on, Tennessee is not on that list, right? Mississippi states returning virtually their entire defense intact. They got Will Rogers coming back at quarterback. I can't believe they're not in the top 25 right now, at least 21 to 25. So just those two teams, and then if things would have bounced right as I mentioned earlier for LSU, they could certainly find themselves in the top 25. So I'll say more even if it's just one.
0: I'm going to go the same, and I think one of the teams, I don't know which one it's going to be, Kentucky, Ole Miss, one of those teams uh, is going to be out, and I think that Tennessee is going to be in. Here's why. I am on the hype train, and I am not getting off Josh (laughs) Heifel, the new head coach. I believe in him, but more importantly, I believe in Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker last year threw for nearly 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions, ran it for another 600 yards and five. That offense, obviously it's a super quick, super fast paced offense, but I think they have the quarterback to get them into that top 25 and even in deeper conversations when it comes to playoffs or top 10 or whatever conversations you want to have. I think they have the personnel to do it.
2: I think there's no question Tennessee's ahead of schedule from where people thought they were. And to your point, they want to get 85, 90, however many plays they can get in that game. But how much of a detriment will that that be to their defense in a line of scrimmage league where a year ago in the defensive back end, Tennessee was atrocious in pass defense? So I'm wondering if at some point there's going to have to be some give and take on that hurry up mentality just to be able to help you out on defense at times if you need it throughout a game or throughout the month of uh, October or November when things get pretty gnarly.
1: I think one of the more complicated parts of this, too, is the benefit of the doubt that sometimes SEC teams get because we love so many of those teams when they beat each other. They don't fall the same way that other conferences do. <laughs> right or wrong, I'm just saying. It's College right. Football Live. He's Tom Luganville. He's Sam Acho. I'm Jason Fitz. Come back Thursday. We'll be right here on ESPN2. Thanks for hanging out with us.